Alternative Radio. Pre-roll time. The Church of Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions and the Inked Marketing Solutions crowdfunded comic for this here episode is Warlash. Cold Metal Mayhem. I mean, come on. It has metal in the name. It's uh, So, <laughs> it's a one-shot brought to you by Frank Forte. You know, he did lo- he worked on Lovecraft Country, Heavy Metal, Zombie Terrors, uh, Bob's Burgers. The dude has done some stuff. So he's back doing some comics with Warlash. Cold Metal Mayhem number one. Ho, 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 ho. Warlash, an armored warrior of the apocalyptic future, is back. This issue reintroduces is Warlash with three tales of hard-boiled science fiction crime noir. Ah, uh, yeah, from mutant kidnappings to, I don't know, mutated monsters devouring people at will. It's all here. I'm, I, I'm looking at these crazy, crazy fucking metal panels by Andy Hall. I'm looking at these gnarly... T- teaser panels right now by uh, uh, the stealthy Steve Mannion, and I'm telling you, mind blown. This is this is metal in comics, man. I mean, I mean, he worked on heavy metal. <laughs> this whole Frank Forte. So it's it's all here. This is this is what you want in a crowdfunded comic on Kickstarter, right here. So go to uh, go to Kickstarter, search. Warlash, Cold Metal Mayhem by, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see it's done by Frank Forte and get this, get this epic, epic story. I mean, th- these covers I'm saying, mind blown. And uh, this this is the type of quality that the, the, the <laughs> Inked Marketing Solutions always brings to me to bring to you. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am Brian Wayne, and this is episode 317. The 317th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. And the creator that I cornered on this episode is Carla Nappi. The Carla Nappi, and I say the... Um, uh, maybe preemptively, but, uh, confidently preemptively, because you will know her. Uh, her putting out books like The Duplicant, which we talk all about. We actually talked about this book before issue one came out, but because of, uh, release scheduling and things like that, we decided, hey, maybe we'll boost number two instead, and that's exactly what we're doing here, people. So in the context of this episode, um, yeah, you're gonna hear us talking a lot about number one, which is fine, because we need to go back and we need to read number one. And you will. You will. <laughs> Especially after listening to, to, to Carla sell you on this book. Because she sold me. You know, unfortunately, we talked uh, b- before pre-orders were up. And because of that, you know, I, I, I couldn't actually get number one ordered in time. But God damn. <laughs> time has passed since. And just trust me. Trust Trust me. I mean, you need to listen to the episode, obviously. You need to get to know who the incredible Carla Nappi is, but you're going to want in on The Duplicate. It's amazing stuff. This is going to be one of those books that skyrockets Second Sight Publishing. Um, And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm confident in saying that. I am. So, uh, really, without any further rambling from my incredibly excited self, I bring to you... The amazingly talented and gifted and, oh my god, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview, Carla Nappi. Alright, Carla Nappi, how are ya? I'm good, how are you? I'm excellent, and I'm gonna say it like I say it every time I do this, even better now. Um, I can, I can get... I can go into one of these things in the, the shittiest mood with no relation whatsoever to the thing. And then as soon as I start hitting record and I see the faces of the people or hear the voices of the people that create the things that I love, it's just, it's like, a, I don't know, bipolar, schizophrenic in a way. It just turns and <laughs> automatically happy is always the, 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 the trigger reaction. So I, I thank you for reaching out and uh, wanting to come on the show. I'm always flattered when people say, hey, you know, I've, heard about your show let's do this and I, I, 
I love it. It's hard for me to say no, but I, you know, I, fortunately, I do have to say no often because there's there, there, there's a lot of people out there that think they can make comics. Um, <laughs> you are one of those people that actually can make comics. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> here, here you are. Here you are. So, um, I, I mean, I'm I'm excited to talk with you about your uh, your book Duplicate here. The second issue is coming out on the seventh of April. Oh, the first issue actually. Or the first issue comes out on the seventh of April. Yeah, I oh, think. Man. I think actually it's coming out on the fourteenth now. Um, okay. My publisher said that it got shifted just a little bit because of some issues with the printer. <laughs> it happens all the time, all the time. Um, but before we get uh, into the this this amazing book that I I've had the privilege of checking out already, I like to know about the creator's origin stories. I think. I've heard some of the the greatest stories of all time, uh, and it's not even in comic book form. It's how the how the comic got made. So, um, <laughs> I I, uh, I have to ask Carla. I mean, at what point in uh, in your life did comics be become uh, really just a, a a thing for you? I mean, not necessarily making them, but you know, consuming them. I would say it's they became a thing for me when I started going to comic conventions. One of okay. my friends, uh, Mark. Uh, Mark Allen Miller, he used to work for Clive Barker's company. Oh, nice. So he did a bunch of comic books uh, for him, and those were probably the first comic books I actually sat down and read. And I was just like, wow, this is a super cool, just vibrant medium. And I started to get into it more than just going to the comic book conventions and seeing all the comic book artists. And so I started to just get into comic books as just a medium at that point. Like, like Fables is one of my favorite series. Oh, yeah. Okay. I started awesome. to, like, like, I would get like every trade, which is there's like a million trades for that series. And it was there like. There is. It's, I think it's the, the, the first book ever to where the trade outsold the single issues. Oh, I think wow. it's the first time that's ever happened. And I think it still holds that record, too. Where the, where the I can trade believe out- it. Yeah. Uh, so it was like it was like probably like every couple of days I was going back to Barnes and Noble to, uh, <laughs> to get awesome. the next the next one and then one of my friends another one of my friends him Kartak he did a comic book called Boy One I want to say it was for IDW and so it just felt like the comic book world kept kind of you know calling me to it because okay. then I started making friends with people at the conventions. Um, you know, Lindley Forrest and Kelly Sue and Lisa, they all do the Hex comics, Hex yeah. 11. And so I met them, like I met the Skies of Fire guy. Um, I met James Wright and he did uh, the Nutmeg series and a bunch of other stuff. And so when I decided to try to adapt Duplicate as the comic book uh, series, I was like, well, this is a medium where I don't know what the structure is. I came from film and TV where my whole job is... Okay as a script coordinator was the formatting, making sure the scripts were formatted correctly. And I was like, I know nothing about what this looks like as a script, like how this comes to life. So I started taking a class at Meltdown Comics and then it also coincided with San Diego Comic-Con. And so what I did was I like went through all the panels and I picked out all the panels that talked about like what the letter artist does, what the colorist does, you know, the inkers, the pencilers, like every you know the writers so i went to all these panels just focused on the actual meat and potatoes of how the comics are made in addition to taking these classes at meltdown comics so i could wrap my head around how this how it's you know what goes into it because a lot of people have no idea of how much work goes into the books oh yeah yeah i i I know it's it's incredible because i'm one of those people that kind of I, I dropped everything to say, hey, I'm going to try to make comics. And I had no idea, but I was I was dead set I was going to try to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I saw the work that went into it. And I tell you what, the, the, the admiration that I have for comic book creators, just especially when they get something completed and they continue to want to do it again after that. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's, I, 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 I adore that. I, I really do. Um, so to... Uh, I would imagine all of this is probably just recently then, within the last maybe few years then, this this revelation of comics to you? Uh, well, I took the class, yeah, I would say like 2013. Okay. Twenty Like 2012, 2013, and then I think I took the comic book class in like 2015, I want to say. All right. So how long has uh, Duplicate been sitting around? Because, I mean, this book is very close to home right now. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, <it's>, uh, unexpectedly so. 
<laughs> okay, so this isn't just your, you know, ironic take on, you know, this is, this is, wow, that's amazing. Because I, 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 reading the first issue, I clearly thought, you know, I mean, as well, I, I'm sure you would expect the, the, these thought provocations of, you know, the comparison to now. And I'm not going to get into all of this yet in full detail, but... Um, all right, no, that, that's that's very intriguing. Um, uh, uh, hmm, like a Nostradamus of sorts with you. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah. I so when I was taking those comic book classes, that's when I broke this story. And so you know, I did the first issue in the first class I took there, and then the second class was where I fleshed out the rest of the series. So the first issue was probably finished in something like 2015 and then uh the page by page breakdowns for the first five issues were also done around 2015 so okay. there was a break between issue one and issue two for financial and logistical reasons and then issue two was done in 2018 um it was written before that but it wasn't like drawn and i didn't have it completed until 2018 and then yeah, 20, no, actually, no, it was all in 2018. 2018 was when that one was, issue two was done. And then when I did the Kickstarter last January, which was for both issues, issues one and two, okay. <laughs> we were like, oh, there's pandemic, like what, you know, and then <laughs> pandemic. And so I wrote issue three in March of last year. So that was how really is that weird. at that point? Yeah, no. Tell me about that 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 process because you have this 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 thing that's you know been a thing for a while, and now you got to continue it on through a real life state of you know a <laughs> <laughs> uh, pandemic. So I mean, how much did that really change your your perspective of you know did it did did it change anything? Because you said you essentially had the first five issues really mapped out beforehand. Um, I did, did, did you find yeah. yourself tweaking anything or? I, I mean, I think the biggest thing I tweaked was the masks because okay. I just don't have that many people wearing masks throughout the book. So I tried to just be more cognizant of making sure uh, the medical personnel, at least, were wearing masks. Okay. And then just I tried to be there's a scene in issue three where it's a flashback to the beginning of the pandemic and it's a flashback to of masks. And so it's it's pretty heart wrenching. And so I tried to just be extra sensitive to what people might have been experiencing nowadays with mm. this overwhelming sense of, you know, people just dying suddenly. And mm. I tried to just bring, bring that sort of empathy to those scenes when we're going into the past. So it just, it just felt like everything felt even more heart wrenching when I was writing it because yeah. we had such close parallels to our current situation so it was just it was a it's very surreal writing about a pandemic during a pandemic i i i really i couldn't imagine and you know and the only reason you know i i guess i assumed that you know all of this these experiences of falling into comics was so recent is because you know this really does feel like a, a take you know, you, you hear all the, you know, both sides, like, hey, I don't know how I really feel about this. And, you know, you got deniers and yeah. um, all, everything, everything. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, uh, whew, um, I, 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 I can't imagine this, this book, I mean, just not soaring off shelves once, once you know, the, 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 the audience gets a hold of it. Um, yeah, you, I hope so. Thank you. Uh, no, it... it I'm tell I I was reading this first issue with my mouth open the whole time. I'm just oh wow, like, I, I can't, awesome. Yeah, uh, I I can't for for many reasons too. I mean, I I gotta I gotta talk about what was it Mariana? I I gotta talk yeah, all about that. Yeah, she's fantastic. Oh man, jeepers! How have I not heard this name before? I'm gonna try it here, Strachowska. Stra I believe it's Strakowska. I've sure. funnily enough, I've actually never talked to her on the phone because she feels <laughs> like her English is better on email. Okay. So we've only worked by email, but yeah, so she have you read the entire first issue? Oh yes. Okay, yes, so the scene with without getting into detail so I don't spoil it for our listeners, mm -hmm. uh, the scene with Matt uh, with Pamela and her boss was her test page. And she nailed that page. Mm. 
and uh, when they're at the apartment, and so she, like, that page, it was such an emotional page, and she nailed it, because, you know, there's not a ton of big action sequences in my book, so it's very reliant on someone being able to show the emotional state of my characters, and she... Nails it. She nails it. (laughs) Every single time. It's not even so much as like the, the, the technical aspect of, you know, facial expressions. It's so much as just her style and in every way, shape, or form. You know, it's, it just has that subtlety to it. I mean, it's, it's not hyper-detailed. It gives you exactly what it needs. But at the same time, I mean, there's, there's, so, um, there's so much going on that just states the, the I mean, every single panel. You, you feel something, you know, from the, the, the ballroom dancing scene to the, you know, the, the dress on the bed. I mean, I'm just looking yeah. at a couple pages I have pulled up here. It's, oh, man, it just, she, she, she murders it. She murders it. There's um, this one panel that is so haunting. It's the one where they're at the church and it's the parents that are asking for help and you know, I was just like, wow, she just, the emotion, that whole panel has so much going on in it emotionally, and she she just blew it out of the water. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so h- h- how do you find her, someone like this, especially if they're not here in the States? Like, what's, well, what's your process with this? Funnily enough, because I see you have Banjax behind you. Yeah, um, I do. So I just talked to him uh, two days ago. He's, he's been on the show four times. He's, he's, he's <laughs> it's my dude. He's a friend at this point. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. That's so a, of course it all circles back to Ryland. It all circles back to Ryland. So Ryland was in that comic book writing class. I was in at meltdown. That's how I met him. So Ryland and I and our friend Steven and our friend Jeff, we have this writing group. So we send each other all of our scripts for all of our comic books. So I've like read every issue of everything he's done for comic books. And when I was looking for an artist, he had this friend named Carol who knew all these overseas artists. And he was Mm -hmm. like, Mariana's new to the business, but she's got a lot of talent and she's great. And I looked at what she had on her website and I was like, I think she could nail this. And she's she flawless. did. I mean, she, she is. I, I can't find a panel where I, I mean, I can look at anything and go, oh, no, that doesn't look right. Or, I mean, and I'm, it's not something I attempt to do, but when I see something so goddamn perfect, and there's, <laughs> a, there's a point in time where I, you know, I'm like, all right, no, there's, there's gotta be something wrong here. And, <laughs> No, I, I can't find it. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like I'll be able to get her on the podcast if she doesn't want to even talk to you on the phone with her English. <laughs> I mean, I. I, feel... I mean, you never know. I'd love to actually. I'd love to meet her in person one day. Because yeah, you know, I've known her at this point. I've known her for so long, but we haven't met. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she well, did. I mean, uh, she did the Witcher, one of the Witcher miniseries for Dark Horse, and okay. she did a coloring book with Dark Horse for the Witcher. So, uh, but I'm gotcha. always shocked that she doesn't have more professional credits around. She did do an independent comic in Poland. I mean, she's always drawing. She's constantly illustrating. Yeah, she well, might have stuff in the works that I don't know about. <laughs> Well, I, I nail her, you know, make, nail her down. She's uh, a, <laughs> she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing, and she suits this series perfectly. So I'm, uh, uh, but but between the very just cohesive storytelling, I mean, there's never a point in question. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? What did I miss? Sorry if I'm looking off to the camera. Well, I, I understand. The side. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking <laughs> at the issue. Um, it's it's hard not to look at. It really is mesmerizing. Um, but no, it's, uh, I've never, I don't stray away from the story at all. It's never a matter of, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it's so straightforward. So this being your first comic, I, I, your, your future is, Jesus is shiny. (laughs) I I hope so. I'm like, fingers crossing. (laughs) Oh, no, this is. This is what we need right now. I love it. And I love that this comes from, you know, a background of being introduced via independent comics, too. Um, I, I think that it's uh, independent comics are such a, a great benefit to the continuation of this industry. You know, I think uh, 
uh, I mean, getting into Marvel and DC and all of that stuff, I, uh, it's cool, but I don't think that's that's really a level that needs to be reached to obtain superiority in comic book creating. Right. I, I really don't. I think some of the greatest things on the planet are made by, you know, just regular people that have something to say that, you know, <laughs> get picked up through, kick, you know, that have a Kickstarter and some people enjoyed it and... Yeah. Publishers get a hold of it, and who, who's this being distributed through? So the publisher, hold on, I'm just getting my fan on my computer going. Um, the publisher is a new publisher. They're called Second Sight Publishing. Okay, I know Second be, Sight. Bradley Golden. Yeah, Bradley yeah, Golden. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah. I had saw an article about them on Bleeding Cool, and I had emailed Spike and Bradley and Marcus. I basically what I had at the time and they called me 15 minutes later and they're like we want this book and that huh. was the summer and then here we are they got into previews and so yeah it's pretty awesome <laughs> is this is this going to be a premiere title for them because I know that they're just now starting and they just got into previews is uh, so they they just had their first set of books come out March 24th Fourth? Yeah, last okay, Wednesday. So last, oh, gotcha. Was okay. one of the first set of books, so I'm in the second round of that's, books. That's got to feel pretty awesome, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool, and we'll do a bi-monthly release. So the first story arc is five issues. Nice, nice, right on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I'm so excited. I, I I can't wait to see Second Sight books on the on the shelves. I've been I've been talking with Bradley for I don't know a year and a half. You know, I I watched this man struggle so hard to get these get, get this publisher off the ground, and here it is, it's official. And yeah, I, mean, oh, <laughs> I, I love it, I love it. Um, so, uh, you know, with with you being an independent creator at all, did you ever find yourself maybe kind of veering towards superhero comics at all? I mean, did you ever have any um, affinity or ins or uh, aspirations to kind of I don't know? Did you find yourself wanting to know what was going on with Spider Man? Let me I. I guess that's what I'm asking. I mean, I've definitely watched all those movies. I've always yeah. been into the superhero format as far as it comes to movies. But oddly enough, I've never gotten into them in the comic book world. I've always veered more towards independent and more like quirky original stories for comic books. I, I find that to be incredible. <laughs> I do. I, I, I love that. I, I think that's that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I'm obviously not anti-Marvel and DC, but... Um, I, I know it wasn't until I found independent comics that my life really changed, and I realized, okay, no, this is, this is so much more than I thought it was. You know, I want to figure out how to make this my life, and you know, <laughs> yep. uh, I, I'm, I'm working at it. I'm working at it here. I mean, it's, talking to a lot of independent creators, and uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely love the indie industry and what uh, you know what Kickstarter's doing for it too. You know, it's. It's getting eyes on on great great content out there, you know, because it's 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 perfect because it obviously I mean it's it's showing the span the you know the sales before anybody has to, uh, you know, make any commitments. You know, they can yeah. see oh they've already sold this many copies. They have this many backers already, and you know, this big of a following. So, yeah, no, it's I'm really loving where this industry is starting to shift. Um, yeah, it's, the it's exciting. The Kickstarters have been great because I feel like they've almost replaced uh, conventions until conventions come back in a way because mm -hmm. I've met just in the last year from running three Kickstarters so many new people, so many new creators have been introduced to so many new stories. It's like, you know, my network and my friends have all just expanded exponentially over the last year, which has just been nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's... uh. Uh, that that really is kind of the cool thing. Having a network the way it is, without even having the conventions, because that's that's really probably the the most important thing to you know the the longevity of the independent. Um, just uh, that that whole realm is the the camaraderie that comes with the creators at these conventions. So I'm I'm so excited to see that you know some some of these things are starting to pop up towards the end of the year and um uh I, i'm excited for you for that reason too you know i mean just because i i, I know that someone you know with someone with the content like this you're gonna have so many other creators coming over going like how's it you know, and, you know <laughs> oh i work with you i just um i was just able to announce a, a short comic that i wrote that's going to be in the anthology called friction 
Uh, okay. Kelly Sue DeConnick, if I'm oh, hopefully yeah. pronouncing I think we've heard of her, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was pronouncing her last name correctly. Well, that's um, how I say it. So she is part of the Visible Woman hashtag, and she oh, yeah. is partnering with Friction on their unseen a, their unseen issue, and I'm going to have a story in that issue. So That's they so had the awesome. whole hashtag on Monday to try to find artists because they want people just who are part of like that hashtag. And then the hashtag is meant to be more than just women. It's just you know, it's anyone nine, nine uh, non-binary, trans, all that. Like it's a big envelopment right. of trying to help people who aren't getting the work that they deserve, get the work that they deserve because it's paid work. So I'm really excited to be in that issue because it's just, it's like a big comic issue. And normally their issues just, I believe just have like one comic in it and the rest is just short stories and poetry. So this is going to have more comic stories from comic book professionals in it. That's, uh, that's awesome. I love it. And I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, inclusion in comics myself. I, 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 uh, some of my favorite things have come from, you know, just obvious, not dudes, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of good stuff out there that yep. I'm, uh, I'm such a fan of, and to see that, that this rise in, you know, inclusiveness and, and just being more and more accepted and this whole stupid comic skate thing getting more and more washed out. I mean, as somebody that's, I mean... My entire life is comics. I, I'm seeing that stupid shit come up less and less now. You know, oh, good. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, maybe that's just my filter starting to, you know, realize. Oh, he's just gonna keep blocking. I don't know, but I, 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 I feel I, we're, we're we're winning. You know, I I, I do. Um, I the, the the trolls are I think are finally starting. Their throats are starting to get sore. Their fingers are starting to cramp up. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> their, their thumbs, yeah. They're in little splints, so they can't type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, uh, everything comes at a price, right? You know, so yeah. I, I think I think all of their negativity is starting to, I don't know, maybe, like I said, it's, it's just all in my head, but um, I, I think because of this, because the, 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 the gates are opening more, um, that there's going to be uh, more, more, more spotlights on, on just, creators like yourself and th you you're a shiny one I tell you that for being a first-time <laughs> creator I'm I'm absolutely blown away and especially oh, how you've you, you've managed to and it, it does take a little bit of luck like being in a writing class with Rylan Grant who knows everybody <laughs> you know? he knows uh, everybody it's, just, <laughs> oh my, it, it, it's crazy how many people you know I, I get emails from saying hey Rylan said you know Rylan. <laughs> <laughs> He does. He does. Well, it, well, and it's funny because like the whole first issue was this mix of like all these people who kind of helped me out. So like Rylan helped me get my artist, and then uh, Himkar, the friend I mentioned, who did Boy One, and then he has a new comic coming out from Scout called Redshift. Uh, he's the one that hooked uh -huh. me up with Layla, who did my covers awesome. with Owen, and then. Uh. Vince Hernandez was my editor on the first issue, and he hooked me up with Josh, who did my lettering and designed my logo. And also Vince, <laughs> I met Vince because I basically cornered him after a panel at Long Beach Comic Con. And I didn't even have, I had no art. I literally just had the script. So I'm still to this day like, how did he even take, because he's so busy now, like he would never have time to do this now. I must have just like caught him at like the right moment where he was actually willing to read a script. <laughs> oh, the, uh, and it, like what circles back to maybe just a little bit of luck, but you know, is it not, it's. I, I think it had something to do with the script as well. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with the script because I mean, it, this is, this is absolutely incredible. I mean, just uh, so let's. <laughs> I guess we can give a full-on, you know, we've been going on and on about this. I don't even know if we've given a full-on elevator pitch. No. Uh, we might have been tiptoeing around this thing the whole time. I mean, <laughs> shit. Carla, tell people what this book is about. <laughs> That's 100% my fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, they so, haven't tuned out though because this is you're clearly an interesting person. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Okay. They're, 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 they're hanging on every word. <laughs> uh, so Duplican is set in the future during a organ failure pandemic, and it starts out with Pamela, who finds herself needing a new set of lungs, and so she's put into what's called the Duplicant Organ Program, where her lungs are replaced, and then she's sold off to the highest bidder 
because these duplicate organs are so much money, you can never expect to afford them on your own. So she finds herself having to do work she never expected to do and stuck in this life she never wanted to have. And on top of it, she's hearing rumors that the duplicate organs themselves are compromised in some way. So just desperate to try to get out of this trapped uh, world that she's found herself in, she tracks down the scientist Matt Travers, who's the one that created these organs for help from him. And that's when the story starts to veer more into Matt and his story of how he created these organs and just his efforts to try to make sure that this program that was meant to do good is not actually doing harm. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, what a beautiful premise it is, too. And once again, it's just so ironic when we were... <laughs> No, the, the the release timing. It's, yes, it's very uh, I, I very weird. <laughs> uh, I, I'm telling you because I was reading this, I'm thinking, oh man, she's totally playing into both sides of Twitter right now, and <laughs> I'm loving this. Like, oh, we got the we. I mean, we're just two words short of anti-masker being you know like that. <laughs> i know i know it's so weird like how close a lot of that i was like well that's a sign of good sci-fi right <laughs> uh, oh i i agree i i really do and uh, i mean some of the i mean what uh twenty thousand leagues under the sea and all these things predicted these these great they just so happens that you're writing the thing and this is coming to that's what it's it's like some page master scary type of witchcraft <laughs> shit, you know. It sounds like you pick something up from fables along the way. I yeah, don't know. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I absolutely love it, and I can uh, knowing now, I'm gonna have to go through and definitely look at the uh, reading the second issue through different eyes, knowing that this was written beforehand. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm I'm so excited for that experience. I really am because I, like, I actually when I was looking for a publisher, uh, that so I had issue one and two, and issue two was finished literally right before the last in-person San Diego Comic Con. Mm. Oh man, uh, I I, uh, I I have so much to say about this, but at the same time, I'm I'm so dead set on not spoiling this experience. For, for the for the listeners because it really right. is an experience um it's it, it's got it all the the emotion in this we've like we've talked about um and not just you know visually but the but just the way everything pans out and it's it, it's it's beautiful and i i mean does this come from anywhere i mean any type of experience I mean, it's silly, it seems silly do you have any experience <laughs> <laughs> beforehand i mean what, what what i have to you know what was what led to this being your first your first thing that you wanted to make a comic so i've i've always been very deep into sci-fi and fantasy i those were just like the movies i grew up watching you know like indiana jones and okay. blade runner i mean i was probably too young to be watching blade runner when i was watching blade runner um <laughs> and X-Files and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, that's always been the type of shows, you know, fantasy and sci-fi and all that stuff have always been the type of shows and books and everything, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars, all that stuff. So I've always wanted to do sci-fi. And then I always love anything that has a sort of like big twist in it. Mm. So that's always mm. a big part of it. And then when I was writing this specifically, what was influencing me was Minority Report. It was like a massive, huge influence. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Repo the Genetic Opera as well mm. was a huge oh, influence. Yeah. Because I love that story of a, a type of Repo Man, and but I didn't want to do that. So this is my own take on it. And then right. also, you know, a lot of like how there's the two sides of like, you know, don't be afraid of people who are sick. Like, be afraid of people who are sick. That whole dichotomy, which I feel like we're in right now, too, mm. came from growing up during the AIDS epidemic mm -hmm. and watching how that was playing out. And, you know, um, what was his name? Was it Ryan White? Was that the little boy who... Oh, I'm not sure. So, yeah, it was, like, growing up during the AIDS ep epidemic and, like, trying to, like, not be if you know there was this whole thing of like don't be afraid of people who have aids and and that was just a huge yeah ryan white so you know 
everyone was like afraid of anyone who had AIDS when it first came out, which was not the way to go. And then Ryan White came out as a person, a spokesperson about like, don't be afraid of people who are sick. And it's, it's kind of sad now that you think about it, that this like little kid who got AIDS from a blood transfusion had to be the spokesperson because no one was listening to the people who were, were adults who had it. They didn't want to hear it but a kid became the face of trying to make it something where you treated people like humans Gotcha. for having this. And so that's my thing. It's like all these people in this world. And I feel like we have that today. Like they're like afraid of you if you've had it. And it's like, well, you're not contagious anymore. (laughs) Right. Be afraid of them. Yeah. Well, I know I'd say that's a, that's a heavy place for the story to come from, for sure. You know, and I, I knew it came from somewhere. It had to have come from something. It's not something that you just, you know, throw darts at a wall and <laughs> I'm gonna go this, this, and this. You know, and this is there's there's clearly something to this. So, um, I, I'm I'm glad you shared that. Um, but man, I, I like I said I can't spoil anything. I might have to <laughs> I might have to <laughs> wrap it up on that. I know that. it's um, so hard. It's so hard not to spoil anything, and I'm like. Uh, I'm like, I'm hoping I didn't spoil it with like the, what the uh, preview says for issue two. I'm like, don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, I think this, I, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of thinking. I, I am certain. I have so much confidence in the, the success of this book. I think this is going to be, so, I think in the end, second side is going to be thanking you. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Um, I, I, I see this being a catapult book for you, an entire publisher, and uh, just just such a great future. Um, the, the, the series, I can't imagine what you have in store after this series. Is this um, a continuous uh, ongoing, or is it five-issue arc? Or um, I have in mind uh, ten issues total, so five issues Sweet. for the first story arc, and then another five, but... Nice. It probably could continue beyond those uh, if okay. there's a demand for it and I have the money <laughs> to keep right. making the books. Um, and, you know, what I try to do with each issue is I try to land on a cliffhanger on each issue. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Right on. I love it. I love it. There's a hell of a cliffhanger in the first one. That's for damn yeah. sure. Oh. oh, this is so awesome. Um, I, I like to, can, uh, towards the end of the show, I, with the new creator, I like to throw out just a couple of, I like to call them, you know, cookie cutter questions, but at the same time, I really think it, uh, it helps the listeners and myself kind of get to know just a little bit more about you as a creator and where you are in the industry and where your mindset is on a, just like a reactionary type of basis. So just a couple of quick <laughs> questions and... Um, yeah, like I, you're, you're going to get asked a million times throughout your, your, your career. I'm just going to be one of the privileged <laughs> ones to be one of the first ones to ask you while there's no panels currently going on. Right. right now. <laughs> um, and w- asking you in particular, because you, you're, you're centralized in just independent comics. I very much look forward to your, your answers to these couple of questions. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I know there's not going to be anything uh, cookie cutter about your answers. Um, and all the comics that you, you that you've experienced, who's your favorite protagonist? Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to I, think like how that is a really good question. Because um, when, when, when you, so you're many, bringing the super, <laughs> I'm like looking I, around yeah. at my books in the room <laughs> to like refresh my memory of like who my most favorite one is right now. Um, you know who like who comes to mind right now? I don't know if she would classify as a true protagonist, but she's the one that's like coming to mind at the moment is Glarian from the White Ash World. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> uh, see, this is why I knew I'd love your answer. Charlie Stickney's like, like, dude, so I love Glarian. I'm so excited for the new issue that Charlie's doing. <laughs> oh, yes. I, uh, the Kickstarter's... Uh, is it still going or is it done? It just I don't know. finished. I don't it just yeah, finished. And Charlie has been one of the nicest, sweetest people to me. I can like reach out to him whenever I have a question about anything, and he always helps me out. He's awesome. I, I could say the same, actually. You know, I mean, and I, I, being a podcaster that can reach out to someone of that caliber and just he... He, he react as if, you know, we've been friends for decades, you know. It's just, yeah, he's It awesome. speaks volumes for that man. And 
Scout Comics and all of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, community. That's what I love about yeah. this community. <laughs> yeah. But for you to say Glarian, like that puts such a shit-eating grin on my face. I love you. I love that. That's that's she's so, so awesome. She's so awesome. I like. I remember the first couple of scenes I saw her in in the White Ash is like you know the flashback, and I was like, oh my god, there needs to be so much more of her. And there is. Oh there yes. Is. There, yes. Oh, I got all of the covers, and oh, I'm I'm a fan. I'm yeah, fan. huge fan. Love that answer. Yeah, I've got the hardcover like up over there that I'm looking at of like the White Ash like hardcover book. <laughs> Ooh, damn! Look at oh, jeez, that's 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 dedicated. That's hardcore right there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I gotta I gotta flip the coin though. Who's who's the who's been your favorite shithead in comics? Who's your favorite antagonist? Oh my God, what is his name? Uh, Lance Cord Cordry for Rylands. Uh, no, I, I have a. Freaking trading card of him yes. around here somewhere. <laughs> yes. yes, and I was with Ryland at Baltimore Comic Con when that guy when he won the Ringo for that dude being oh. the best villain. Oh, that's so awesome! I'm so yeah. happy for that guy, man. He deserves everything good that yeah. happens to him. Yeah, oh. it was awesome. It was so cool, like reading the scripts for all of those, and then seeing it come to life, and it was just like, wow, it's great. <laughs> Uh, and you know, and it's it's just a matter of time before you're competing with him uh, on, on these these Ringo awards. I, I see it happening <laughs> now. I see your guys' name. You guys aren't going to be so friendly here. Come, uh, <laughs> uh, when do they do that? November? I forget when they do. October. But October. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they did last year's Ringos because no, of the pandemic. Um, right? or did they? They, they? they did it virtually. They did it virtually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th th there were there were Ringo awards, but uh, not the same. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not to take away from anybody that won. I'm just talking about you know as far as the the event in itself and the camaraderie that I know is so important. And the goodie I, bag. I, I, they give you I'm, this like bag. Swag bags, right? Hands yeah. to pick it up uh, and carry it around. <laughs> <laughs> awesome that's awesome uh i can't wait for you to be attending these and uh i i really i'm so excited for you carly oh, thank really, you. Car carla i didn't mean to call you carly um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so excited i i really truly love what i'm seeing here with with duplicate and i i know it's it, it's gonna be a hit because it's gonna hit people so hard in the face when they realize what it is that they're reading and it doesn't i mean the first page immediately you're just like, oh shit! I see what's going on here. <laughs> and I mean, my my attention never left. And I've got oh, screaming awesome. babies and dark barking dogs and. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, I've got so, a but one. but <laughs> but you know what? I let them do their thing for twenty minutes. <laughs> There's no blood. We're good. <laughs> he came back. He found the kids playing with the dog's poop. It was fine. <laughs> well. I was the dog playing with the kids' poop. But there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, th this is this has been so fun, Carla. Thank you so much for your yeah, time. Really. And um, uh, April fourteenth. April fourteenth, I believe, yeah. is the new release date. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And uh, and then it's issue not... two is in previews right now. Yes. Yes. So we could still get that on the FOC pre-orders, and uh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know if Second Sight's on the FOCs, but you could still pre-order it. Definitely pre it. Yeah, I don't know if they're on FOC, but yeah, it, it's in the April catalog. Uh, yep. Of course, yep. for, it'll be out in June. I remember seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it. I'm excited. It's on, it's on, my, uh, it's on my pull list now. Awesome. I'm, I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm excited for this on a whole different level. I might even have to wait till uh, issue two is physical before I uh, get into oh, it. I have that type of restraint. If you want something extra special, uh, Lost in Comics is doing an exclusive cover with, oh, hold yes. on, let me get the name of the guy. <laughs> I don't want to mess oh, up his I'm name. Gonna... No, it's I'm a DC artist it. too, so I'm like super especially excited about it. Uh, where is his email? Oh, Carl Mostert? Mostert? Oh, oh my God, Carl! Oh, that's my dude. Um, uh, the man who fucked up time and uh, Unkillables. Yeah, um, was, so he's yeah. lost in comics, which is another podcast. Is having him do an exclusive cover for them of fifty copies at twenty dollars a pop. Oh, I'm all over that. 
Oh, Carl Mostert's the night. Once again, another. Uh, he's from South Africa. So you yeah, and your. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked to him for like 45 minutes and I'm talking about him like we're best friends, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of that man. Like, yeah, that, he, so when they told him who joy. they were going to have do it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that man. His, 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 I can't believe that he's not doing everything right now. Same. Um, his, his art is incredible. Incredible. His mm -hmm. interiors are incredible. I can't wait to see his covers. Oh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me because I'm going to be owning one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, message Lost in Comics on their Twitter page and <laughs> I will. Put yourself down for a copy. <laughs> I put right myself on. down for two copies. <laughs> nice, nice. It's a wise move. Wise yep, move. Yep. Um, Carl, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to try to include the link in there, but I have a feeling that they're going to be selling out quicker than. Uh, Quicker than I can get the word out there, um, I, but I'll try, I'll try. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be any help though. Uh, hey, <laughs> really, thank you so much. I look forward to just seeing your name on everything in the future. Uh, this is thank you. this is a name we will be talking about for years to come. I know it. I am a hundred percent confident. <laughs> thank you. So um, you, uh, it's been my pleasure. You please stay safe out there. Don't stop yeah. creating. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you the next time you do something awesome, which I'm sure won't be won't be too far off. So you just let me know. There's any right, time there's an open mic for you here. Okay. Right on, Carla. Cheers. Bye. Why can't he put you in the shark? Because you can't grapple a ghost. <laughs> Fucking obviously. You can't, he's a ghost. You can't. Grapple a ghost! Beans, cool. I can't, there's already a dead body involved. Exactly! Hey, fool, sometimes when you do some crime, people die, and it's okay. We're the Broken Lords. We provide the finest actual play RPG-related nonsense this side of the internet. Follow us on Twitter at Lords Broken, and give us a listen on any major podcasting platform. Bam. There you go. Yeah, episode 317 in the books. In the box? Is that what you, you do that with comics, right? You put them in the box, not in the books? I don't know. Um, Carla Nappi. Oh my gosh. I tell you what, uh, she she sold me. I, I, I have all of the faith in this in this woman. And she she's she's gonna be a murderer as far as creating goes. I don't mean in like a weird psychopathic way. Like, she's not going to be writing comics for prison or anything. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, just, uh, I, I'm telling you, though, I, the, the, the concept behind the duplicate, it's, it, it's gnarly. So, um, yeah, go make sure that you pick up the duplicate number three on the shelves and then make sure you add it to your pull list, people. You're, you're going to want it. Trust me. Um, and maybe you already know this. Maybe the duplicate number one has already been up all up in your pull box. You know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there you go. Carla Nappy is, she's the one. Um, all right. So yeah, uh, while you're out doing good things and adding books to your pull list and stuff like that, uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, remember to drop that five star review if you haven't done so yet. Um, if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts and you do that, you are a hero among listeners. Know that. Not to take away from Apple Podcast listeners. Um, reviews. I'm just saying, you take the extra effort, and holy shit, you know what you could do if you're an Apple podcaster and you leave your uh, or an Apple listener and you leave your five star review. You want to take that to another level? Head on over to Podchaser. Bam! You leave more reviews there. You can leave reviews per episode. The more reviews, the better. You know, it's it's an amazing thing, Podchaser. If you don't know what it is, just go over to Podchaser.com and uh, find out for yourself. You know, I don't need to explain it to you. You'll you you you'll just you're gonna be blown away. Um, and uh, yeah, follow Cheers to Comics on that. Uh, while you're there, make sure you follow the Apocalypse list. It's like the Apocalypse, but the Apocalypse. There's like a little hashtag in front of it. Just click on lists while you're over at Podchaser. Look to the right a little bit. It'll be right up at the top. No big deal. No big deal. Um, something that myself and uh, Honestly, if it weren't for Ken M. of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, uh, the Apocalypse would be this puny little uh, pipe dream with a sweet name. But uh, no, it's so much more than that because of fucking teamwork. Sorry, I'm all pumped right now, man. 
uh, Carla, I'm telling you. So, <laughs> all right, people. Yeah, leave those five-star reviews. Those are the only kinds I allow. You'll see You're for yourself when you get there. You won't see anything but five-star reviews because um, it's, it's like that. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for all of those. I really do mean it. I'm sounding cocky here. That's not how I roll. Um, yeah. All right, people. I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I command that you stay safe. You read responsibly. Cheers. Hey, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. I got the real brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast, the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you.